0: Hello, and welcome to Organic Sister. Organic Sister is the platform where we're talking about organic marriages, organic business, organic lifestyle, and organic living. We feature a segment called Organic Marriage. And under that umbrella, we title, Can This Marriage Be Safe? as a segment. So on today's episode, we're going to read a letter to you. Hi, my husband is the pastor of a local church. Everyone loves him. Heck, I even love him. We have three children, one boy and two girls. Our family unit is strong and we put on an excellent front. I caught my husband cheating multiple times with women in the church and most recently someone that he is doing business with. I am a fairly attractive 40-something-year-old who has managed to keep her body in check. At least that is what the men in the church tell me behind my husband's back. Last week, my husband had a medical emergency while preparing for his Sunday's message. I ran into the room after I heard him gasping for air and I called 911. In the chaos of it all, I didn't think to look at what my husband was preparing on the computer. My only concern was for his safety at that time. A week in the hospital revealed a weak heart that needed immediate surgery for him to survive. I was scared. He was my life. We married right out of college. Miller got drafted in the NBA, and I had gone to nursing school. We knew we were right for each other when we met. He was a handsome basketball player with long legs and equally big feet. On campus, every girl dreamed of being his one and only. I knew he would never notice me. We had two classes together, and I will always see these, at least three girls walking with him in class. He had a huge following back then. I was shy, and I looked apart, so I knew I would never get a chance with a guy like that. Besides, I didn't dress like all the other girls, and I sure didn't look like them. My mother had warned me about wearing mini skirts and shorts. Although my mom wasn't around, her voice still played and echoed in the radio of my head. One day while heading to the professor's office for a review of my test scores, Miller walked out of Professor Johnson's office. He said, as I passed by, hi Jordan. I looked in amazement. How in the world did he know my name? Without speaking back, I walked to Professor Johnson's office and to this date, I don't remember any of the conversation that I had with with the professor. My mind was on Miller Thomas. I didn't know it, but Miller had waited for me in the hallway as I spoke with the professor. As I left his office, Miller stood there and said, I've been waiting for you just to say hello. So I said hello back to him. I apologized nervously and said, I didn't know or even thought you knew my name. He began to tell me how he has looked around for me on campus and that he thought I was smart. Miller said that that day as an athlete, he is permitted to miss class and be tutored, but that he never missed the two classes he had and shared with me just for an opportunity to see me. I thought I was in a dream. Miller and I would be the biggest news on campus, a shy, unassuming girl and a handsome athlete. Miller was always gentle and respectful I ignored the rumors of the many girls who said that they were slept with him or that they were dating him. Of course, he always had throngs of girls around him, but I knew and he reminded me often that it was me that he wanted. He was never afraid to hold my hand and he always managed to call me daily to proclaim his love each night. Not one time did Miller ever act or say anything appropriate while we dated. He said that he loved the fact that I was a virgin and on our wedding night, it would be magical. He kept his promise. Our wedding was glorious. I recall the day that I knew that we were pregnant. Every time we would make love, Miller would say, I hope you are pregnant with my daughter. I want her to look just like you and be just like you. I look forward to the nights that we will be intimate. Miller would always start their morning off by romancing me with little notes and surprises. Our love was perfect. He was perfect. Until. Several years into our marriage, Miller's career as a basketball star was shortened by multiple injuries. I had nursed him back to health emotionally through all the stress of being at the height of your career and being sidelined by injuries. But Miller was a trooper. The world marveled at our marriage. We were the poster family for great marriages. I never paid any attention to the news articles of his womanizing. I knew that they wasn't true. Miller had his pick of women and he chose me. So why would he cheat? It didn't make sense, so I never believed the tabloids. After Miller retired from sports, he decided he would go into the family business. His father and grandfather were pastors. Miller's sisters and brothers were all pastors, so one would think it was quite natural for Miller to be a pastor. Actually, that was one of the reasons why I fell in love with him. We would stay up at nights and talk about the Bible. He loved teaching me and I loved learning. I found nothing sexier than when this man would preach from the pulpit with such fire and passion. The same passion I saw as he looked into my eyes when we made love. It's one o'clock in the morning and now I can't sleep. It's been difficult to sleep while Miller is in the hospital. I decided that tonight I would go home and not stay the night at the hospital. After tossing and turning, I went into the study just to write. That's what I do when I can't sleep at night. I sat at Miller's desk to journal and I hit his computer screen and I saw an email that Miller had been writing prior to his medical emergency. This email was an email describing the fun that he had had while away on a business trip last month. He detailed some of the most sultry and sensual things that I had only imagined in my mind. I was hurt and betrayed. Miller had been cheating and this has been going on for months. As I began to go through his emails, I found emails from women in the church who Miller were either flirting with or had affairs. I had become the laughing stock of the entire church. I didn't know, I didn't see it, and I wonder how could such a loving man betray me? Stream of tears began to roll down my face. My perfect world was shattered. What was I to do? I couldn't confront Miller because the doctor had warned that he couldn't be upset or that he would go back into cardiac arrest. But I was angry. How could I go out in public and face the congregation? What about our children? He had no right to put them in harm's way like this. I crawled on my knees and I begged God to take away this pain. I had poured life into my marriage. I had quit my career to be his wife and to the mother of our children. I worked endlessly to maintain my shape and my looks so that he would have a wife that is worthy of being called his. I sacrificed me so much that he could be all that he could be. I even wrote his sermons that everyone thought he wrote so that he could travel and be so many places at one time. I was a fool. As I contemplated whether to live or to die, the phone rung. It was Miller. Miller. He was calling to tell me to come to the hospital right away. In that moment, I forgot what I had discovered. I hung up the phone and without asking, I ran to the hospital. I cried and begged for God to let him live. I knew in that moment that I was willing to forgive him of anything. If only he would live. That 15 minute drive to the hospital allowed me to replay the first day that Miller and I met. His excitement when our children were born, the many nights of lovemaking that I knew touched the inner parts of my soul. I was reminded how complete I felt in him and how he chose me all those years ago. God, please let him live. I opened the door to his room at the hospital and I was disappointed to see only him in the room. I had envisioned doctors in white coats bringing him back to life. I stood and looked at him. Tears were rolling down his face. I asked, what's wrong? He said, I am a liar and a cheater. I didn't interrupt him. I silently listened. He explained for the past year that he had been having an affair with multiple women and that he didn't remember exactly how he got this way. He explained that it wasn't my fault, but that he needed to feel like an athlete again. He said that I would never understand when the crowd is calling your name and that you get stuck into that thinking that you are superhuman and that the praise will continue. He explained that he had felt less than a husband and a father, despite having a meaningful career as a pastor. He went on to say how he never thought that he was good enough for a woman like me, that he was sorry that I had sacrificed so much of my life to live his dreams. Miller cried for about 30 minutes before I could open my mouth and say, I love you. What? I love you? What in the world was going on? How could those words come out of my mouth? How could I portray my hurt so badly. I can't tell you, but I knew that wasn't what I was thinking. I was literally thinking, how could I pull all the ivies out of him and watch him grasp for breath as he died? Miller said that he would take whatever consequences that I had in mind, but he would like to rebuild our marriage. I asked. Why tell me now? He said, I saw you in my dreams tonight, reading my emails and crying. I felt you wanting to die. And I knew that if you died, that I couldn't live anymore. This may not agree with you, but I had to let you know that there was nothing you did to deserve this. I've been selfish with your love and I will spend the rest of my life restoring your faith in me as a man. I will step down from the church. I will go to counseling. But baby, please let me try and fix this. Before I could answer, Miller began praying. He prayed to restore our marriage. He begged for forgiveness and he requested consequences. His voice soared like I had never heard before. That was five years ago. Today, Miller and I are a temple. He no longer preaches in a pulpit as a part of his own accountability. We share one email address and we're inseparable. This recipe may not be for everyone, but it was the right set of ingredients required to make us whole again. Some people may say that you have to go through the bad in order to get the good. That's just a saying. But trials will come to test you and your faithful marriage. Forgiveness is not an event. It is a journey, and God can do the imaginable to your heart. It wasn't Miller's heart that was transplanted that night at the hospital. It was mine. God gave me a heart that only he could give. There would not have been forgiveness if it was left up to me. When you're looking at death in the face, always choose life. I did, and I got my life back. This marriage, too, can be saved.